Vamos. Oh, there we go. All right. Um, as I said, you know, such a beautiful sight seeing all of you in. I know, I know some went home after Sunday school, and that's okay too. Um, it has been a literal year since some have been in here and been at, at Sunday school. Uh, it was 52 Sundays ago. It's the last time we had Sunday school. 364 days. And a, a lot, we all know, has happened in those 364 days. Um, and a lot of people spend a lot of time focusing on a lot of the negative, a lot of the things that, um, that have happened and have, have brought us down and, uh, in the world and, uh, and locally and all those things. And, um, you know, the, right before we left on March 15th, 2020, we nominated or we, we selected a search committee to find us an associate pastor of worship. And apparently, it took them an entire year to do their job. <laughs> and I guess that must have been the key to us getting back to church. So I wish they would have worked a little quicker. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I know we're all glad to be back. Uh, Jessica Riedel mentioned in Sunday school that you know, after watching, you know, just watching services online for the months that we did, and those who have been back in the church service um, since we opened back up, you, know, you almost don't, while you're out, you don't realize how much you need this fellowship. What a blessing it is to have each other. Um, and so I, I'm just extremely thankful to be back this morning and uh, you know like I said a lot of people have spent a lot of time focusing on the negative uh, and really most of that negative is things that we have zero control over and that has consumed a lot of conversations and uh, a lot but at our house back in April of last year, um, Ayla and I, we were out in the backyard, and Ayla and I noticed a little uh, animal trail going off behind our house. And we knew of, of another trail just down on the side, um, but we had never been down this one. So we walked down, and we realized that there's a, a flat clearing down there. And so, of course, Ayla immediately starts saying, well, you know, we can... We can start having picnics down here. We can do all that. But right beyond that point is a little stream. And we had walked that stream before going in the other way, but this was closer. It was more accessible. And so with COVID and the world being somewhat shut down, that became our new hobby was to go walk the creek bank uh, or creek bed. Um, it runs off the mountain. And so we walked that, and we got to where we were doing that several 
times a week. And as we were doing that, one of the things that became part of that walking was to start picking up glass. I mean, there's just, there's glass all over. And of course, we started assigning value to certain pieces of glass because some pieces of glass, some colors are more rare than other colors. Um, and, but anyway, so at our house in vases and in plastic bags and just laying around, we have lots and lots of broken glass. And as, as we were uh, thinking, okay, what are we going to do with this? You know, Sarah is extremely crafty. Many of you know that. She uh, creates some amazing, beautiful things. And she wanted to know, you know, what, what can we do with this? And she or I, one, came up with the idea of creating a mosaic. And a mosaic is just art that's created from broken glass. And so, last Father's Day... I don't want to be the one that's responsible for this falling apart. Sarah made this cow out of the broken glass. Yeah, thank you. Um, And everything is in its natural color except for the little nostrils here. Um, And then she drew the eyes on. But the rest of it is just beautiful art made from broken glass. And this was, like I said, Father's Day gift. Um, And for those of you who know... Rick Millsap, well, getting other people's broken, (laughs) dirty, used trash as a gift, he he did his best to accept it in love. (laughs) But uh, for those of you who don't know, my father-in-law is not a big fan of germs at all. which, which, there, which is obviously a good thing, but uh, he'll, he'll tell you sometimes he's over the top with it. But, um, and so, but Sarah, we, we made sure we cleaned every bit of this glass multiple times. Uh, I still don't think he's ever touched it. I think Sarah's the one who took it and placed it uh, in their house. And so, but, you know, as we're going through and, and, I, and I'm looking at this, um, Maybe you can guess what my natural thought is. Wow, you know, even, even broken things still have a purpose, right? But yeah, you know, we're, we live in a broken world. Uh, we've, over the last couple of weeks especially, we've been sharing the verse, God is near to the brokenhearted. But Sarah uh, just recently started reading a book by Lisa Turkhurst. Uh, titled, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And in the book, she starts talking about the difference between things that are broken, which, you know, this is broken glass. It, it, you can still do something with broken glass. The difference between things that are broken and things that are shattered. You know, if you, uh, when Ayla and I were wrestling a couple of Christmases ago, we were wrestling on the couch and... Uh, she did something wrong and knocked one of Ayla's Santa or uh, one of Sarah's Santa figurines or her favorite Santa figurine that I think I got our first Christmas together uh, off and it broke off the part of the stocking cap. But it was just broken. So what did we do? We just got some super glue, glued it back together, 
and now it's there and you don't notice that anything's wrong. But other times, and we're getting ready for supper, we're doing something, someone drops a plate. And all of a sudden that plate, it's not broken, it's shattered. Yeah, there, there are pieces that you can still pick up and put together. There are just some of the broken pieces, but we all know you've, you've all had things that are shattered. And those, when something is shattered, it's not, it's not repairable. Or it doesn't seem to be repairable. Now, you can pick up those broken pieces, but some of those really, really small pieces end up turning to dust. You know, you, you try to sweep, you try to mop, you, try, you can't even find them to vacuum, vacuum them up. But we all know that it's incomplete, that that, that bowl, that, that cup, that plate, whatever, is now broken and it is now turned to dust. Um, and that's, that's something, that's a whole different story from broken glass. Now, what, what good is dust? Uh, dust, for most people, just, is just irritating, right? We don't like it in our homes. When I was a kid, that was, that was the chore that I had because my mom hated to dust. So, my brother, he probably had to do nothing. while I had to dust. And so, um, you know, but what good is dust? Most, many of you are familiar with Genesis 3.19 says, for you are dust and to dust you shall return. You know, so the Bible literally calls us dust. What, what good is dust? And if we're dust, what good are we? Uh, even if you didn't know that's from the Bible, you've probably heard that f- before. Psalm 103, 14 reads, For he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. And I did several different Bible searches, and I put in dust, I put in sand. Uh, I, I was trying to think of, okay, where does it say that God does anything good with dust or with sand? You know, we know that the foolish man built his house upon the sand. Sand wasn't good for anything there. If you've been to the beach, you know that sand is as irritating or more irritating than dust. Gets in all the wrong places. Gets in your food. Gets in your clothes. Um, it will get in your eyes. No, sand, sand's not any good either. Uh, and I, I looked, and I did not find a single place in the Bible where, uh, where dust or sand was used for anything good. Uh, so, yeah, broken things can be used, but what about dust? What about us? If we're all dust, we're, ultimately, that's what we are. So many of us feel like we're shattered uh, from the past year, from the past couple of weeks. And 
Well, Lisa Turkhurst, when she was writing this book, it's not supposed to be this way. Uh, she had just finished a book titled Uninvited, and she was getting ready to release it. I mean, it's, it's right at the end. It's supposed to be kind of an exciting moment. She finds out that her husband is having an affair. And so we all have the things that remind us that we're all just dust, that we're all just shattered pieces, and what good are we? Uh, you know, the, the brokenness that we can experience is just a reflection of how things have been from the very get-go. You know, the ultimate shattering happened right from the beginning of time. Whenever sin entered the world and it, we're born broken. So, you know, dust by itself can't accomplish anything. Um, but as we, were, as we were walking in our stream and picking up glass, there were different parts, you know, some of the rocks would be slick, but then there were other parts that were especially slippery. And so as we stopped to, realize, to look and examine those things, we started to realize that there, in those spots, it was clay. And so, Ayla, we brought some clay up to the house, just straight out of the a little stream bed. And Ayla made a little, that's really small, I know none of you can see that, but that's a little chick, a little bird. Here is a little slice of watermelon that Ayla had made. And then this is a, uh, it's a certain emoji that <laughs> makes, makes kids laugh and adults. Uh, but you can come, you can examine that A-list artwork uh, after the service if you'd like to see it a little bit closer. So, you know, dust is, dust is of no use. But... Just like the broken glass, you know, once we found clay, when it was useful. So we, many of you, again, are familiar with the Bible calling God the potter and, and, and us the clay. And so, you know, I already, I already was pretty sure I knew the answer. But I got to thinking, okay, let me, let me check to make sure I'm not missing anything. So I googled, how is clay made? I actually even watched a YouTube video about clay being made. Uh, and does anyone want to know, want to guess what the mystery is from between dust and clay? Water. Right, Crystal? Yeah, it's that simple, right? Just water. Now, clay is literally just clumps of dust joined together through the water. And with that water, it's made useful. Um, the Bible, you know, I looked it up. It's page 294 or hymn number 294 in our hymn books. We sing, Thou art the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and make me, Lord, after thy will. And we sing that and we say that and we say, Yeah, you know, God, you're the potter, we're the clay. Um, but how do we become the clay? 
Well, it's from the water. Uh, you know, we, when we're connected to a water source, that's what it takes for God to make us. And there are some of us that are here today who have, you've been molded and made, maybe for many, many years. You know, Brother Josh shared that uh, he gave his life to Christ at eight years old. Some of you have the same story and have been doing it for much longer than Brother Josh. Some of you, it may be less time than Brother Josh, but you say, you know, no, I, I've, I've been molded, I've been made, I, I've given myself over. I said, you know, God, I want to be your vessel. I admit that you're the potter, and, and you've, you've been serving as one of his earthen pots. You've been part of his creation. You've been made. And man, just through time, as you've been around, maybe you've felt like, oh, I've done just about everything I can do, God. You know, you've, you've made me. I feel like I'm that finished product. I'm ready to be put up on the shelf. Ready to be admired. Or in this this load that you've asked me to carry. You know, if God make, if we, if we make a bowl or we make a pot or we make a vase, you know, sometimes that can end up carrying a really, really heavy load. And it carries that heavy load for a long time. And through time, starts to get dried out. And so many of us that are here today may feel like, you know, God, I... I've got these cracked edges. You've molded me. You've made me. But uh, I'm just, I'm dry right now. As people who have served God, and, and especially, you know, we've been, many of, it's just the fact that we've been out for a year. Many of you have been such amazing servants in the church. And that, almost seeming like my purpose has been taken away. But God says, uh, you know, God is always there. He's always available. And maybe it's just, you need to cry out like the psalmist in Psalm 42. This has always been one of my, a couple of my favorite verses. Psalm 42, 1 and 2. As a deer pants, for the streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Oh, if you're here today and you feel like, God, I, I do want you to mold me and make me. I, I know that you have and I know and I've served you and I've been doing the things that you've called me to do. Now, God, I, I, just, I just feel like I'm in a barren place. I feel dried out. The fires of the world have just put me in a bad state. Or put me in a state where I am just thirsty for you, Lord. As the psalmist said, you know, where, when can I go and meet with you? Well, in Revelation 21.6, God gives us an answer. He says, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. 
I will give water as a gift to the thirsty from the spring of life. Isaiah 49.10 says, They will not hunger or thirst. The scorching heat or sun will not strike them. For their compassionate one will guide them and lead them to springs of water. And again in Psalm 36, 8 and 9, it says, They are filled from the abundance of your house. You let them drink from your refreshing stream. For with you is life's fountain. Um, now, as you know, with the Lord's blessing and provision, we're back rolling full capacity. Um, I pray that now, if you're in that, if you're one of the people that are in that state of just, you know, God, I, I'm thirsty. I've been dry. I pray that you'll just cling to those verses and that you're going to, that you'll be renewed, that you'll be refreshed from God's water. You know, my, uh, we have our church word for the year, pursue. Uh, my one word for the year is well. And it's basically got three parts. Um, and I want, to, I want to be well. I want to physically be well. Um, and my diet, the way I eat, says that I'm not living up to that right now. Um, and I want to do well. I've always tried to say that Colossians 3.23 is my life first. Let all that you do, or work is a working for the Lord and not for men. And, you know, I want to do things well. And I fall short of that often. But the third part of that that I, that I've, I want to be so much better at is just to drink deeply from the well. I want to visit the well daily. I want to be by those living springs of water daily. Because I know with Adam, I, I get dried out. You know, there's some people, um, there's some people who, and at times I feel like this, and especially things that are going on right now, and I, I, I want to speak directly to the people that, uh, in the light of the loss of Landry and Kayla, or whatever it is in your life, you may have said, you know, God, I, I've been, I've been by the living water. You're making me, I'm, I'm allowing you to use me. Oh, I, I think of sand by the ocean. You know, sand is right there by the water. And, you know, people can create some amazing, amazing things from the sand. You know, there have been times, it's been a while since we've been to the beach, but you, know, uh, you can sometimes see true artists using that sand that's there and using the water from the ocean to make something great because the water source is right there. But what happens when that same water source that you're relying on comes with a crashing wave and knocks it down? And then someone says, well... That's just part of God's plan. 
How does that make sense? Um, um, and I, I just think of, you know, I, I've never been an artist, but even using a little bucket and making a little sandcastle, I'm still upset when that little thing got destroyed by the waves. And all I have there is just a clump of mud. And some of us feel like a clump of mud right now. Like, God, I'm here. I'm connected to the water source. But I'm just a heaping pile of mud. I I don't feel like I have much elasticity. I don't feel like I have much stickiness. God, I still want you to use me. But I thought we were building something really good. I thought... I thought we well, had something beautiful. But now here I am, just laying. Um, again, mud, it can just be a problem. But you know, the Bible didn't say anything about using dust or using sand, it talks about using clay, but it also talks about a time where. Jesus used mud. You know, in John 9, 6, it's a story about Jesus healing the blind man. He didn't use special magic. You know, there are other times when it says that he just touched someone. But in this particular instance, God chose to use mud. Now, there's a water source connected, but... Most of us, we try to avoid being in the mud. <clears throat> we'd, rather be, we'd rather be something that, you know, we say, God, you know, I, no, I don't, I don't want to be mud. I want to be that clay. I, I want to be, be a brick in your temple. I want to be a vase that you're using, and, and, it, and things are great. But... Are we willing to, in that time of being mud, still say, God, if this is what it is, use me, Lord. If you read that story there in John chapter 9, it goes on to talk about what what ended up happening there. Well, what happened was that this man who who Jesus used mud to to give him sight, got to go appear before the Pharisees multiple times. And they asked him, you know, is this, is this the Messiah? And he said, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is the Messiah or not. All I know is what he did for me. And sometimes it gets real hard for us to answer that question, you know. Who is God? What is God doing? I don't know. All, all I know is that what he did for me. Uh, so as, imple- as unpleasant as it might be, you know, that man who was healed with the mud and mud was used for a purpose, that man eventually, because of the mud, got another meeting with Jesus. And after being with the Pharisees multiple times, was before Christ, and that's when finally he said, yeah, Jesus, I'm, I, I do believe that you're the Messiah. So I pray that 
if you are in a state of being mud right now, that you're still willing to be used by God. You say, God, this is not really, this is not the state I wanted to be in. God, please just use me. You know, and then there's some who are sitting here today that are, um, you know, in the pew or, or watching online, and you've never been attached to a water source. And maybe through events in life, uh, maybe today God is piercing your heart and saying, you know, you've got to realize that you are dust. Now, that's one of the things that uh, Lisa Turkhurst had mentioned in her book that Sarah was sharing with me, that you know, un- until we acknowledge that we are dust, we don't really acknowledge the fact that we need water. So if, if you're here today and you realize, I've never been connected to that water source, I pray that, uh, that that would be something that you would change today. Um, Job 28, verse 25 through 27 says, Who cuts a channel for the flooding rain or clears the way for lightning to bring rain on an uninhabited land, on a desert with no human life to satisfy the parched wasteland and cause the grass to sprout. Now, if, you, if you're that person who's never been connected to a water source and you say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as dry as can be, but I, I don't even know exactly where to go to find water. Well, there in Job, those verses I just read, let's know that Jesus is going to come to us. The woman at the well, she didn't go to the well looking for Jesus. She was looking for something else. You know, Dusty preached about that last week where we, uh, many people are searching for other things. But Jesus met the lady at the well. He said, you know, this, this other stuff that you're looking for, this stuff that's going to fade away, this water that's going to feed you, keep you happy for a short amount of time, it, it's not worth it. And Jesus said, I, I am the living water. You know, I'll, make, I'll make it to where you're never thirsty again. So uh, this morning, as we uh, come to a close of our service, if you're in any of those three situations where You've been used by God and now you're at a point where you're feeling dried out, worn out, thirsty. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul thirsts for you. Pray that you'll just say, God, I'm here. I'm ready. I have been used, but I'm not finished yet. I know you're not finished using me yet. If you're in a state where you've been broken down and you feel like you're just in a heap and God, I'm not sure what you can do with me in my current state, but I do want to be used. Allow yourself, 
Allow yourself to cry out to God and admit that I don't know what my purpose could be, God. Whatever it is, I'm here. And if you're somebody that has never been connected to the water source, or maybe, maybe you've started getting and you've made a decision, yes, I want to be more connected, maybe you need to make this your church home so that together we can serve a living God, that we can refresh each other in the living spring. Sometimes you need a friend walking with you to the water. Someone to help you out. Someone to maybe spoon a little water in your mouth when you don't have the strength to do it yourself. So as the bells come back up, we'll have our time of invitation. Uh, Whether you just need to pray for your seat, you need to come forward, whatever it might be, I just ask that, uh, that you just respond whatever God's calling you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much. As we're here this morning, Lord, just uh, people that live in a broken world, Lord, you call us dust and you tell us that we're going to return to dust. But between those two times, Lord, you give us an opportunity to live as clay, to live as something that you can use, something that you can see, something that you would influence other people. I just pray that uh, this morning that we would do that and that, uh, that you would just see us where we are, Lord. Touch hearts. Jesus, press down and pray. Amen. Please stand.